Welcome to another episode of the Called Bank Podcast. Uh, there's been... Uh, like, this is the first week that things have gone as predicted. Uh, a couple podcasts ago, we, we were predicting how the Western Conference Finals was likely going to be the Lakers and the Clippers, and that didn't happen, and there are all sorts of things that we thought was going to happen this time, but then during the week between our podcasts, uh, things just switched up on us, and we ended up wrong, so we finally got to the Finals. Uh, we said it was likely going to be the Heat and the Lakers, and that did end up happening. And as most people predicted, the Lakers are looking like the dominant team, and it might be a sweep. But uh, like people have been counting out the Heat all season long, so don't count them out quite yet. But it's going to be tough for them to fight down and fight back from down 2-0. I mean. The injuries on the Heat definitely don't help. I mean, losing Bam when you're kind of looking to combat the Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis and even LeBron James down low, like definitely is just a gut punch for the Heat. But in like looking at the larger picture, the Lakers are just significantly more athletic, more experienced, and deeper than the Heat. So... It really bites, but there's a reason that the Lakers are putting up an offensive rating over the last two games of like 125, 126. I think like they're just that good and the Heat haven't been able to stop them. And I mean, Anthony Davis, the way he's been able to shoot from three definitely contributes to that. Yeah, like Anthony Davis has been dominant. Um, Obviously with Bam there, it's a little bit easier for him, but uh, anytime you put up the numbers he's putting up in the finals, like you are like a dominant player, and I think right now he's the favorite to win the finals MVP. Uh, but looking at the Heat, I think going into it, a lot of people wanted to see the narrative as uh, like the young, unexperienced team comes and takes down the giant that has been ruling the NBA. Uh, because because LeBron is on that team and um, LeBron is almost like a divisive player. Like there's some people where no matter what team he's on or what situation he's in, they're always rooting for him. And there's others where they're always rooting against him. So, uh, but so I think a lot of people wanted to see LeBron lose in this situation as they saw him as like ruling the NBA. But looking at the team, like the Lakers, they have not been ruling the NBA. LeBron hasn't won a championship in several years, so I think this is like LeBron's like comeback redeeming year to win that win another title, and then they have Anthony Davis and lots of other veteran players who have not been able to win a title yet. So I think this team is really motivated, and it's not like they're burnt out from making it to the finals over and over again. Yeah, and I mean the main reason that I wanted to see the Lakers lose, as much as I love LeBron is because I'm sick and tired of franchises like that being able to just stay big by getting free agents. I was really happy to see how the Lakers botched the Kobe Bryant situation in regards to giving him just extensions and letting him kind of like control the narrative and not being able to build up the core. And I wanted to see the Lakers have to struggle in the rebuilding process 
like I feel like I have to watch the Jazz do and not just get a free pass. And so when I heard the news that they got LeBron James, that was really disappointing. And then I feel like almost as divisive, if not more of a player, is Anthony Davis. Just the way he handled his last season in New Orleans. And I totally understand that it, I totally can understand the viewpoint of being on a team that just doesn't seem to be like getting you where you want to be. And so that's disappointing, but I just think that it's really hard for fans to look at it and ever justify a star player sitting out because in, in a lot of fans perspective, it's like, Oh, if I was making multi-million dollar deals, like, and as rich as you were like, stop your complaining. But a lot of it is the money, but the players care a lot more about getting championships. And that's why Butler has been pushing so hard in Miami to make it here to the finals. Yeah. it Like, if I, if I was a player, championships would matter a lot. Because I, I would imagine, like, even if you're getting paid as much as the NBA players are getting paid, it's not fun to be on a losing team, I would imagine. Uh, especially when you have an 82-game schedule. And then everyone on social media is talking about how you're not that great of a player just because your team's not winning. So it's just like everything's negative when you can't take your team to the playoffs. And then Anthony Davis, who's able to take his team to the playoffs, but never passed the first round. Uh, so myself as an NBA fan, I wanted to see Anthony Davis get out of New Orleans like I wanted to see Chris Paul get out of New Orleans. Ironically, both of them almost went to the same team. It, Chris Paul should have gone to the Lakers, but if you if you remember, David Stern said no, and he allowed them to trade them to the Clippers instead, and that's how we got Lob City. That was like that was like 2012. That's been a hot minute. Yeah, it feels like forever that Adam Silver has been the commissioner, and yeah, it was a while ago, but. I think he's done a good job. I think the NBA's well-managed. But I I didn't personally agree with David Stern's decision when he made that one. I thought I thought it would have been fun to see Chris Paul and Kobe. But Chris Paul and Blake Griffin was fun too. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of Adam Silver, um, to kind of move away from the finals to something that is a bit more eventful since there's actually a small chance what we think is going to happen could change. But so yesterday he addressed the issue that um, if the NBA season doesn't start until January, that they'll be playing through the Olympics. And he said that it was, I believe the um, his response was, this is um, a quote on an ESPN article, we'll consider it. I think it's unlikely at the end of the day that if we start late, we would stop for the Olympics. Silver said in an interview with NBA TV inside the league's bubble at Walt Disney World, Because as you know, it's not just a function of stopping for the period in which they are competing over in Tokyo, but they require training camp and then they require rest afterwards. So I think it's, like you said, I think it's really unlikely. I mean, in the end, as much as certain players do enjoy going and playing for their country, I think you'd see players who said no to playing in Brazil, say yes to playing in Tokyo, especially because Zika is not a thing, but maybe COVID would make them more hesitant about heading over there i'm not sure but looking at it overall like the big name players are going to especially if the nba doesn't stop are going to want to stay and play for a title that's just more important to them overall so 
what do you think would happen um, if the NBA doesn't stop for the um, doesn't stop for the Olympics? Like, if it does, like the players would st- definitely stay. Um, I, I know there's a lot of players where an Olympic gold medal means a lot to them, and they want to get one. But an NBA title means a lot more, and especially when you're like like the players who are playing for Team USA are the best players on their team. And when you're getting, when your team is paying, paying you a lot of money to come and play, then you better come and play. Right. So I like, there's a ton of basketball talent here in America. Um, most of the other, a lot of the talent for other countries are in the NBA as well. So it's not just team USA getting affected. So, um, that might be interesting that you could see like a mostly, maybe even a mostly amateur team coming and representing America. And that would be awesome for the NBA draft to be able to see that talent play against other high level talent from other countries. But if, if the NBA decides to play through the Olympics, um, I doubt any NBA players will go, and play in the Olympics unless their team is tanking anyway. Um, but I, I think the NBA should consider uh, just making it a shorter season, uh, like playing it as if it was a lockout season and just kind of resetting so that they can start normal time the season after that um, and just have a weird playoffs this year and a really short season next year. But then instead of like lengthening it out and having less time between seasons or just keep moving the dates of the season so it starts at a different time each year, it might be nice to just reset and keep the finals at the same time. And that way it gives players time, more time to rest and less injuries so that we can keep the start date consistent. The finals typically ends the first or second week of June, correct? Yeah, it's somewhere in there. I'm, I remember that was some of the only basketball I would watch because uh, there was like no school or anything else going on. So I could just plan my life around the NBA finals games. Yeah. So looking at it, um, like it looks like it's going to start end of July in 2021, the summer Olympics. So like you said, if they just played it like a lockout season, they'd easily be able to have players ready for that. Um, I don't know if players would just want to take a break after everything that's went on. But I do think it would be really interesting to see that as kind of like a college showcase. Since, I mean, you typically have the, um, as long as things don't change with March Madness, um, you're typically going to have that final four um, first week of April. So about six months from now. And then that would give players an opportunity to go and, you know, showcase their talents in July. Uh, But depending on when they do the draft and things like that, or just if players are more worried about injury than about actual um, being able to have that spotlight put on them, I could it could just be really lame basketball in 2021 um, at the Olympics, or they could just scrap basketball altogether and put in another sport last minute. But I don't think that that's possible. Yeah, the, and we're talking about like assuming everything returns to mostly normal by this time, but like. Ooh. We were saying back in March when lockdown started that uh, we're looking like end of April, middle of May, and then things are going to be mostly normal after that. But uh, like, it's just hard to predict the future in this case. Um, so 
that's what we can guess, but I don't know. I I think as long as they have basketball in the Olympics, even if NBA players aren't there, it'll be fun to watch. I think there's positives and negatives from both sides of either playing through the Olympics or not, and uh, I don't know. I think it'll be fun no matter what. I'm just excited to have a shorter off season, to be honest. Like, I mean, we're going to end now. They're going to hopefully be starting around January. So, I mean, that's October, November, December. So three, three and a half months instead of the typical like five, six month off season. Well, the typical four or five month off season. So I think it'll be really fun either way. And I'll be honest, I don't really watch basketball when it comes to the Olympics just because it's not nearly as good as the NBA. So I don't, I really wouldn't miss basketball in the Olympics. I think that there are more exciting events that get a spotlight put on them than basketball, which has a spotlight on it pretty much all the time. So there's been some coaching hires this week in the NBA. Um, the most notable of which is doc rivers going to the um, Philadelphia 76ers. And I was watching a 76ers fan review the decision on YouTube. And one of the things that he really pulled out is that doc rivers is the only coach to ever blow a three to ever blow a three, one series lead three times. Um, it, it happened in 2003 with the Orlando magic. It happened, um, in 2015 with the Clippers losing to the Rockets. And then it also happened, um, most notably when the Clippers blew it to the Nuggets. Do you think that that's a fluke or do you think that that's like something that, you know, kind of shows a lot about Doc Rivers as a coach. I think like Doc Rivers, he, I feel like he's definitely one of the top 10 coaches in the league. Um, that being said though, he definitely has flaws as a coach as um, the only time that he's won a championship was when he was almost handed one with um, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, all like right towards the ends of their primes. And then Rondo just comes out of nowhere and is amazing. So, wait, wait, wait! Didn't they play Kobe and Gasol? And are you handed one when you have to beat the Lakers with Kobe in the finals? Okay, maybe not handed the finals, but it's like there wasn't another team in the East that really had a great shot at beating the Celtics. Uh, LeBron on the Cavs, uh, he put up a fight, but. That was LeBron versus Prime Rondo, Prime Pierce, Prime Allen, and Prime Garnett. So that that's a tough team to beat. Um, I think Doc Rivers, he is a good coach. As we were talking about before, Like a big part of coaches in the NBA is handling stars and making sure they can fit in the team concept. I think he is a better like strategy guy than Brett Brown. So... Um, but he definitely has his flaws as a coach. You'll see, um, yeah, like he, he was never able to take the Clippers to the finals when everyone thought they were a contender for like four years in a row. Um, so I think at the end of the day, he's an upgrade uh, from what they had, but I don't, th- he's not like a perfect coach or anything. And uh, he he's no Greg Popovich, but. Um, I think he can take the Sixers further than they've been. 
Uh, but w- when I heard that he was hired, because that hire happened really fast, like um, you heard he was fired from the Clippers, and that was surprising. And then it was just like a couple days later that he had already signed something with the 76ers. Um, so if I was a Sixers fan, I would be a little bit worried about that because the Sixers obviously didn't go through the full process of hiring a head coach as most teams do. And the, the Clippers are have announced that they're going to go through an extensive search to make sure that their coach is right. Uh, but Ty Lue, from what I've heard, is in the front running for that. But he's been interviewed, and I think they just want to like talk to all their options before hiring any coach. And the Sixers didn't do that at all. They, I don't know if they talked to any other coaches besides Doc Rivers before deciding on Doc Rivers. They had discussions with Mike D'Antoni. So I think that would have been a really interesting fit over there. I think Rivers is probably a better fit, especially where... Rivers like has this level of respect throughout the NBA that hopefully will translate to him being able to just have already have a foot in the door with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I don't want to sound like I'm being a dead horse, but like you really, really need to be able to get Simmons to at least be a passable threat from the outside. I understand that he's great inside, that he's a great ball handler, that he can distribute, and that he has great court vision. But when you have Joel Embiid and Al Horford on your team as like two big guys, like you can't just have your point guard be a, another guy who's pretty much who pretty much performs in the paint. Like you need him to at least be able to be taking shots from downtown, be able to have that um self confidence and to be able to do that. So I'm really interested to see where this goes, but I don't know if the 70, I don't think the 76ers can get worse. Obviously there's a lot of expectations, but I honestly feel like that. I I just don't expect success from doc because I don't expect success from the 76ers. So I'm not really writing him off. I think I've just already written the 76ers off. So I'll be, I'll be, I mean, I hope he can get get some stuff put together, but I'll be shocked if he does. After the Doc Rivers hire, I heard a really interesting rumor. I don't think it's going to happen. And to be honest, I think it's probably just a PR stunt to increase LaMelo Ball's draft stock. But uh, I heard a rumor that there would be a trade where the 76ers trade Ben Simmons to the Timberwolves for the number one overall pick. And a couple of shooters, uh, like 3 and D guys that can fill up the 76ers roster. Because that's one thing that they're really lacking is shooting. And then, so the 76ers could draft LaMelo Ball. And then have, and hoping that LaMelo Ball turns into a superstar alongside Joel Embiid. And then that fit works better than Ben Simmons. Um, after thinking about it though, like, LaMelo, he is like he's pretty similar to Lonzo Ball in play style so it's like he's not like a great shooter he's not a great scorer and so you're getting basically a shorter Ben Simmons who maybe he's a little better at ball handling and passing but Ben Simmons is already elite at both of those so uh, I thought that was an interesting rumor Um, I'm interested to hear what you think about that I mean if I were to try to dump anybody I know Joel Embiid's the better player, but I think that Joel Embiid has already shown that he's not going to be able to be healthy enough 
to run 82 games in the postseason. And even with rest, and even if he were to take on a much more load management like Kawhi Leonard has, I just feel like Joel's too fragile. Um, as for getting anyone with the last name Ball right now, I totally get that he has a lot of potential and that he's probably the better of the three brothers. But it just has not seemed to go well, especially with their father's involvement. Like, it just, you don't want to be the guy who didn't pick him and have that hurt you as like a GM. But man, that just feels like a pick with a lot of downside that if you don't get the upside, just bites. So, oh, and I don't know. I don't know what the history with the general managers have been over in Minnesota. I just know that they keep getting number one picks and keep getting great player comp and they just can't put it together. So as for pairing, I guess here's my real question in the end after thinking about it. Do you really want Ben Simmons with Carl Anthony Towns? That was my thought too, because Ben Simmons either plays like a power forward or a point guard role. And then you have Carl Anthony Towns, who he's a center, but he's kind of a stretch five. And D'Angelo Russell is definitely a point. Like, D'Angelo Russell could play shooting guard, though, because he is a scoring point guard. Um, from, from where I heard the rumor, part of the reason why they, um, why they thought the fit would work is because Ben Simmons and uh, D'Angelo Russell were teammates in high school. And it worked out there, but like uh, when you have two high-level players in high school, even if they play the same position and the same style of play, it's going to work out in high school because you're having future NBA stars playing against a bunch of high school kids. So um, you could pair any two NBA players together in high school and it would have worked out. It's just like how um, our high school's starting quarterback when they won the state championship senior year if I remember correctly, is now playing offensive lineman at BYU. <laughs> like when you have a stellar athlete, they're just going to be insane. It doesn't matter. Like going from starting quarterback to um, offensive lineman, that's a big jump. Like you typically don't think that that's what's going to happen. But I mean, when you're six, eight, if you put on some extra weight and muscle, like that's where it's going to go. So like you said, the success in high school means nothing to me. Like if they had had success, maybe in like, you know, the big East in college, that would maybe mean a bit more, but yeah, that means nothing to me from the high school level. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. Um, obviously like I feel like the off season is almost like when you get to the finals, the finals is supposed to be the most exciting games, but any teams that aren't in the finals or if you don't have anything like specifically invested, I feel like a lot of fans just start getting excited about the offseason because seeing the free agent moves in the NBA draft is uh, really exciting. And it's um, it's almost more fun than watching the playoffs at times because you're thinking about like how good is this team going to be. And like it's fun to look back at last year and see how wrong we were about some teams like the Thunder and the Heat. Um, but th there's going to definitely be some moves this year after seeing teams that had um, higher expectations for themselves and they really uh, did not fulfill those. And the 76ers are probably top of the list. So 76ers and Clippers, you might see them make some big moves too. 
improve things. So, so here's a rumor for you. And this isn't a rumor. This just came off the top of my head. Ben Simmons to Golden State for the second pick. I don't know if Golden State has like the depth to uh, trade enough pieces along with the pick for the 76ers to want to do that. No, they totally don't. But, but I, if if I were the Warriors, I would love to play like small ball with Ben Simmons like at the center. And then you have every player on the court who can bring the ball up. And like, and then like your your main shooting liability is Simmons. Um, Draymond Green isn't the best shooter, but uh, you have to guard him there. Uh, sometimes you can't leave him wide open. So that would be a really interesting team, and see Ben Simmons just completely change roles when he's when he's the one surrounded by shooters rather than needing to be the one shooting to surround Joel Embiid with shooters. Yeah. So I just it'll be interesting to see when the. 76ers break up in the next few years where they go to and if they have any success but so I before we finish out the podcast I I do need to fact check you on one thing um you did say that Anthony Davis never got out of the first round in New Orleans I mean I can't help but bring up the fact that they swept the trailblazers in 2018 I like if you skip that one of the the best um playoffs upsets of all time but so this has been another episode of called bank please remember to like and review us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on and hopefully next week's a bit more exciting from a basketball perspective and we're not just talking about the lakers finishing out out a sweep but we'll see you then